This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And hello, Hearts of Oak. Thank you so much for joining us once again on another pre-recorded interview. And it is absolutely wonderful to have a returning guest, Dr. Tess Laurie. Tess, thank you for your time today. Oh, Peter, thanks for inviting me back. Always good to have you back. Always good to have guests coming back. Is this is always about building a, a network, connections, and working with other and and never one off. So it's always a delight to to have people back. Now we will go into where people can find you in a moment. But um, uh, for maybe for you, it's been well over a year, I think, since we since we last had you on. Um, so could you maybe just take a moment and introduce yourself before we get in to the World Cuts for Health and the conferences coming up and everything else. Just take a moment and introduce yourself first. Gosh, uh, what a lot has happened actually in the past year. <laughs> um, but um, for people who are new to, to me and the work that I've been involved with, um, I, I sort of got into questioning the COVID strategies at the beginning of, uh, at the end of 2020, beginning 2021. Um, and um, you know, I work. I have. I'm a medical doctor and a researcher, and my my expertise is in evaluating bodies of evidence. So during 2020, I could see that the strategies that the authorities were promoting to address to prevent and treat COVID were not evidence based, and I was very concerned. So I was looking to see what do we have evidence for, and found that we had sufficient evidence to try a safe old established medicine called ivermectin, um, and we didn't have sufficient evidence to support the new experimental injections or indeed the other new drugs that were being brought forward and given a conditional or emergency or temporary authorization. So, you know, I sort of embarked on a journey and uh, that led to me collaborating with other doctors around the world to establish the World Council for Health and that was in September last year. And uh, and uh, I, I don't know what more you want me to say. Should I, should I just keep telling you the, the journey? Everything well, yeah, yeah. But tell us about starting um, World Council of Health. Uh, that uh, It's been a year now, and it is always exciting to see collaborations coming together, and that's certainly part of that. Tell us what... Kind of what led you to actually starting something? Because you could have just been a voice yourself. Uh, many people stand by themselves and speak the truth. Uh, so tell us what led to that coming together and then what the journey has been like. Well, um, early early 2021, um, I was basically working on this on evaluating evidence on a voluntary basis. And we realized that it was going to take a much more uh, concerted yeah. um, effort to raise awareness and reach the authorities with the evidence and reach the people. And so we established a company called EBMC Squared, a community interest company, and we got crowdfunding. And basically what felt like the mandate from those crowd funds were to, you know, get the information out to the people because all of the, you know, that, that's, it, was, it was small donations from, from grassroots um, saying, you know, we like what you're doing, please keep going. And so it really felt like, you know, we we were being asked to um, to to keep 
trying to get through to the authorities with regard to early treatments and then, of course, also to to stop uh, or to get the vaccines recalled um, and to raise awareness that they're not normal vaccines, they're a new technology that has never been successful before. So why would it be successful now? Um, so um, so that's kind of how how we 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 worked and then and then um, so we had the British Ivermectin Recommendation Development Group um, uh, was our first initiative and then the World Council for Health when we realised we needed a bigger platform and actual fact we couldn't reach um, many people um, we, we would be able to reach more people if we established um, an, an international platform and uh, so. So World Council for Health now has over 160 international partners. And, um, and you, you can imagine um, back then, and even now, many individuals are, are afraid to speak up at, at what they see. And so back then, um, you know, there was, there, uh, was safety in numbers, all these, uh, some, some small, some large organizations coming in as coalition partners and saying, yes, you know, we, we, um, we, we agree um, we need to actually get people to take responsibility for their health and start making sense of what's going on because, um, you know, it's quite, it's quite a difficult thing to come to terms with when you realise that your government has not been promoting what's in, the, in your best interests uh, from a health point of view. So it was really just saying to people, look, don't outsource your, your health to governments right now. They don't seem to be making very sound decisions for your health. So take responsibility for your own health. You know, here's information that will be useful to help guide your decisions. Um, for example, um, we, have, um, we have this uh, document, which is basically a summary of, um, it's a pharmacovigilance report we released in June this year, um, summarizing the pharmacovigilance data. So the, the adverse event or side effect data that's been reported to the big um, databases around the world, the World Health Organization database, our UK database, the yellow card scheme, and, and the American database, VAERS. And, um, you know, it's a very simple, easy to understand document. And you can see that there's more than enough evidence to show that, uh, to show a concerning safety signal and that we should recall these products um, before, uh, you know, and, and, and have them subject to independent evaluation. And actually try and follow up all those people who've reported and, and make sure that they're okay and, um, and, um, and help them, you know, if they need help. So, yeah. I mean, it is essential to pull that together because the information is out there, but not necessarily in readily available forms. And we've talked to different people um, who put that together. Um, I know Naomi will put it together with what she's doing. World Count Health are putting it together. And that then is the key thing is making it available to the public. That is what... Um, I guess these pharma companies don't want. They're happy to release the data quietly and then say, well, it's now public, but actually it's up to people like you to make that available into the general public. Yeah, well, I think what people don't realise, in fact, many people, politicians don't realise, as I've discovered, they don't realise that our medicines healthcare product regulatory agency is really a facilitator for the farm industry. They are 86% funded by Big Pharma. So that's why drugs that don't cost nothing to produce and are generic and can be made by anybody um, and don't really have a champion, um, they, they don't get approved. And why, the, why our MHRA doesn't actually 
look at this, the, the data themselves and independently evaluate it. It's literally the farm company says, here's a drug. Um, we want it approved. They pay X amount of money. They, they have X amount of meetings. And then it gets approved miraculously. Um, and um, without um, uh, the public uh, interest being put first, um, we recently, you know, we've been trying to get ivermectin as a repurposed medicine for COVID. And in actual fact, it's relevant for long COVID and for people who are not feeling well after the injections because it treats spicopathy, which is a spike protein uh, issue. So, you know, we, what we discovered in the Freedom of Information request, because it's taken us four and a half months to get an appointment called for a scientific advisory meeting, we asked how long it had taken um, Pfizer um, to get uh, and Moderna to get their um, meetings, and it takes one to two weeks for them to get a meeting with the our medicines regulatory health um, mm -hmm. agency. It's taken us four and a half months, and that's not to mention last if it's last year just to get a response. Um, we've got endless emails, countless emails, just saying thank you for your views. We'll look into this, and that's it. You know, never really acknowledging that we've sent them a body of evidence that needs consideration. So, yeah, you can see they're really just a tool for the farm industry and, uh, and not for, for the public. And, and I think if, um, you know, if there'd been a, a wider understanding of this, uh, or the, the public uh, would have been better informed uh, about, you know, whether or not to take these COVID-19 vaccines. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to jump into what you've been doing very recently. But first, can I say you're on Twitter? So Tess Laurie is on Twitter uh, and it's at Laurie underscore DR. It is there. Um, and also uh, World Council Health is on Getter because I know a lot of our followers uh, use Getter and we stream there. Um, so people can find that and also on your substack, drtesslaurie.substack.com. All the links for the viewers are in the description. As it's a pre-record, it's also up on Podbean, any podcasting platforms that we have, and all the links are there in the description. But it's it, you've been on Twitter now for, what, a month, month and a half? <laughs> What's that been like? <laughs> well, it's been interesting. So I was on Twitter last year, not in my own capacity, but certainly World Council for Health had a Twitter account, Bird had a Twitter account, and both of them were, were removed um, mm. or, or permanently suspended. Uh, without good reason, you know, it was, uh, it was um, we, we were having World Ivermectin Day, we linked to World Ivermectin Day, and then, you know, we were suspended for disinformation, or, uh, and, um, and, uh, and the bird won, well, it just disappeared, and we never really got a good answer. So, um, so yes, I started again in, in my own capacity, and within a, a couple of weeks, I got some kind of technical thing and I couldn't post around certainly that weekend around the press conference. Um, but now um, I've, I've re-registered and, um, and I'm up again. So let's see how long it takes um, before I get taken down. Um, I'd like to think I won't get taken down, but I do have to be very, very careful about, um, about what I say. And, and really all I want to say is to, is, is to uh, promote health uh, and and um, and um, give people some some um, some hope also for you know this great this huge change we're going through um, and you know and um, 
and and help them sort of direct them to where they can get trustworthy information. So hopefully Twitter will allow me to do that. Hopefully, and in the office, obviously, go on Substack, and you can sign up to uh, com and you can get those updates. Um, and maybe the next time Tess comes on, she'll also be duplicating over on Getter, where she can really say what she thinks. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you you had a press conference. I was I was gutted not to be there. I was I was away. That was on twenty uh, seventh of September in central London, um, and. I think that shows that health professionals and doctors are beginning to speak out. Um, you had Dr. Asim Malhotra, who's obviously been in the press a lot recently. Um, tell us about that press conference and the response you got and the purpose of it. And yeah, tell us all about it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was really wonderful to be able to host it for Dr. Asim Malhotra. He's the doctor many people know because he's been fully behind the vaccine program from the beginning and um, was promoting it to his friends and, uh, and, and patients uh, and people. And um, so it's very, and he's vaccinated himself. He, you know, he really was fully behind the program. And then his father died shortly uh, as a result of the, the, um, uh, AstraZeneca, I think, wow. uh, vaccine, and um, and so he had to look deeper into um, you know into his position and and started looking at the evidence and then came to the conclusion that the that there isn't sufficient evidence and in actual fact um, that uh, that there are cardiac events linked to the COVID nineteen vaccines. So yeah, so he has a very interesting journey, and um, and I and I trust it's going to give other doctors who are also having suspicions that the vaccines are not as safe as they've been led to believe, um, to hopefully you know start questioning and and just pause their um, their vaccination programs and um, and actually. You know, come and, and join the discussions with us um, out, out in the open, really, so that we can we can show the public that there is a considerable number of of doctors and health professionals who are concerned and who are, um, you know, um, coming together to to look at solutions. Um, I think I saw him on GB News, and he was talking about uh, other vaccines, other drugs that have been pulled from market over the years because of the amount of side effects. And he was pointing out the side effects that we are seeing in the COVID jabs are much higher than those that have been pulled. So again, something doesn't add up, but I'm glad that someone who is well known is putting that information out. Yes, yeah, I think obviously he's on his own journey. And um, as we all are, and, you know, I would caution people against judging anybody, um, you know, because we are all, uh, we're all responsible, we're all complicit some way in the way things panned out, you know, we, you know, if we, you know, um, whether we, we took the COVID jab or not, um, you know, we've, we've kind of... (laughs) we've been so trusting and put all our trust in the authorities we haven't engaged in uh, in looking after ourselves looking after our health um you know we we've um, we've had this very sort of disease centric and 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 
uh, approach to health, but also blaming others for our poor health or blaming others for our decisions. And we have to realize that we actually, we inhabit these bodies and, and have our own minds, and we actually are responsible for the choices we make uh, and whether we, you know, and what we, what we believe and who we trust. So I think it's a wake-up call for everybody and, and not to judge um, and, um, and to let people come forward and, and to, to, to um, wake up in their own time, certainly. Um, but let's, let's create a, an, an environment, an atmosphere that facilitates, enables people to come forward and say, look, you know, I made a mistake. I, 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 was, I was deceived you were deceived, uh, and let's try and solve this together now. Well, you have an event coming up on the 15th. This will go out. I think this will be going out on the 10th, Monday the 10th, so people will have time to sign up to be part of it. Um, And let me bring it up and tell us about this. This will be in London, um, all different speakers looking at what's happened. Tell us about the conference and what people can get if they do come along and listen to what's been said. Thanks very much, Peter. Yeah, this is precisely, you know, it's precisely the moment uh, for uh, this type of event because we, so many doctors and so many other health professionals and so many people around the country know that the vaccines are not safe and effective as we have been told. And so this really provides a fairly unique opportunity for health professionals to come together in person. It's an in-person only event. It won't be live streamed, it won't be filmed. Um, it's just really to come and have those discussions um, that uh, you know it, it, that are not just COVID-centric. I think what COVID has done is it's shown us that there's, a, there's so much wrong with, um, with uh, our, our healthcare and, and processes. Um, so, uh, so it's really looking at, at um, looking, there is a session, of course, looking at COVID-related um, data, medical ethics, um, but there's really, it's really about, you know, how do we go forward then? How do we, how do we treat um, a, a, a long COVID and post-vaccine injury? There's, there's a, a large number of people uh, coming forward with all a variety of uh, illnesses after the COVID injections. So we need to get together as health professionals to work out how to help these people and what treatments work. And there are many experts around the world, uh, doctors who are bringing forward their experiences to, to show, look, these are, the, these are the things that work. So we'll have a session on that. Uh, and I'm sure many, many health professionals who have taken the injections will be very interested from a personal point of view as well to hear what works and what they could do to mitigate um, any potential uh, health risks with the injections. So, you know, I urge people to come forward from both a personal and a professional level to hear what uh, what can help. Um, and 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 then also, you know, we're looking at new ways of of um, of getting healthy, of promoting health. And there's all these in, in, amazing um, initiatives um, with uh, integrative medicine. Uh, you know, there's, there's been so many other uh, medical modalities or health modalities that have sort of been sidelined, and yet they support huge numbers of people in the country towards better health. So, and often, um, so we need to look at how we can we can work together and integrate these different modalities. How uh, doctors, uh, uh, certainly health professionals, there are many thinking of leaving the NHS. What that looks like, and and how they can do it, and they can speak to people who have done it. Um, but also there are people who would like to stay in the NHS and really, um, you know, reinforce it and, 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 um, 
and improve it. And so we'll, we'll be having that discussion too. So, and, and also, you know, um, most importantly, thinking of it from, from the public point of view is, you know, how do we empower people to really take responsibility for their own health going forward? So it's really, it's a, it's a really, it's a lot to cover just one day, um, but it's, but what you'll get out of it is, is, uh, is really, you know, real fresh information, um, you know, some inspiration, motivation, and, um, and uh, uh, you know, connection, because uh, through the last two years, we've all become so sort of disconnected and we're in our little practices and, you know, we, we, we haven't really um, been connecting and having these broader conversations about, you know, what is going on and how can we come together to, to help at this time. And, um, and so, you know, we also hope there's a possibility, you know, we might form a new uh, collaborative network, um, uh, resolve, you know, some sort of agreement uh, about informed consent. Or, so, there's, so there's various sort of options, uh, outputs that we would hope to achieve. But it's, I would say the main thing is really, you know, is that uh, education, inspiration and, and connection that will be so important at this meeting. And people obviously will find the details on your, if they follow you on your Twitter account, if they go to World Council of Health on Getter, if they follow your Substack, if they go to worldcouncilforhealth.org, the website, all those places will have the information on it, the people can get hold of it. Yes, yeah. We had, I just wanted to say, originally Dr. Seymour Hatra was going to be speaking, but unfortunately for personal reasons, he's withdrawn. But we have uh, uh, Patrick Holford, who's taken his place, who's, as you know, a very, very well-known author uh, on nutrition and, and different approaches to health. And, uh, and he's going to be speaking about Alzheimer's in particular. You know, so, so just as, an, uh, as a, he's starting a, an incredible initiative, which I hope people will come to hear. And, um, and really, he has a great um, uh, plan to combat Alzheimer's. And so, you know, just an example of the, the, the range of speakers that we have and the topics that will be covered, it's certainly not going to just be, um, you know, all about COVID. We need to move on from that. Well, that's what I say. There's a, it's a range of issues. People are obviously frustrated at how we've been lied to because of COVID, because of the jabs. Um, uh, but it's opened up a whole other areas because you begin to question a number of things that if we can be lied to on this on a mass scale then actually we want to look behind the curtain a little bit more so what else because i've seen you've got dr cartland we've got dr cartland on great guy um uh, dr james of course has uh, is now a very public figure just simply for asking questions um and those are doctors but you've got a whole kind of range of people that bring a mass amount of experience and expertise Yes. Yeah. So, um, so obviously we have we have cardiologists um, speaking. We have an obstetrician speaking. We have a pediatrician speaking, and we have um, Dr. Stefan Becker also speaking. Now he's the only non-UK uh, doctor speaking. We've specifically wanted to just keep it limited to the UK, yeah. um, but Stefan brings with him a very particular expertise, and that is in quantum medicine. Now. Um, you know, all our medical um, options through through um, the allopathic medicine that we practice, they, they're generally speaking um, mechanical or chemical, um, and uh, they ignore the, the, the real physics of, uh, of healing. Um, and uh, so, 
So um, quantum medicine is based on, on physics, really, and frequency. And this technology has been around for, for many years, but it's not really favored because, well, it's, never, it's not really got mainstream uh, support because of uh, big pharma, because it's not, a, it's not a chemical that can be sold, and it's fairly inexpensive. Um, so, uh, so this is a technology that he's coming to show. He's an orthopedic surgeon, and he uses quantum medicine in his practice uh, and does a, 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 for, for both diagnosis and um, treatment. And so he's coming and he's, he's speaking on, on Saturday, but in actual fact, he's running a workshop on the Sunday for free. Uh, it's nearly, it's nearly uh, completely booked. There's just a few places left. Uh, it's at a different venue to where the conference is, but it's well worth attending and staying over for and attending if you can get a place to that because that is the, the future of medicine, in, in my opinion. Well, it's all to do with, I guess, we are now living, we, I guess in America, everything is, you have a drug for it, you have medicine for every ailment. And I think in the UK, as we, we mock the US at the level they've got to. But what's happened under COVID, I think, has shown that's where, we, that's where most world governments want to be that it's forget about your ability to look after yourself, your health. Actually, we will give you drugs. We will jab you with something. We'll pump something into you. And those, I think, at the beginning, even talked about vitamin D, were were mocked and ridiculed and even got taken off Twitter and got restricted. Um, tell us about that, because World Council of Health is all about what you can do for your health, and that's not relying on the pharmaceutical companies. Yes, yeah, we really need to remember what's what's good for us, you know? Um, yeah, and, and also just to say the farm industry, it's not there to make you healthy, it's a business. It's a, they, they need you to be sick in order to make more money and their intention is to keep making more money. They have to keep showing increasing profits. So, you know, when they, as Dr. Asima Hotra says, they actually factor in being sued um, and, and uh, having to pay fines, they factor that into their business model. So when they get a fine of a billion pounds or whatever, it doesn't mean any, they've already factored in and, and their profits far exceed that. So it's not, um, the, the farm companies are not there to keep you healthy. You have to keep yourself healthy. We have to keep ourselves healthy. And um, uh, if you haven't heard this story before, I'll just tell you a story about um, my experience as a, as a mother, uh, a young mother with my son, I, um, I got him a guinea pig, two guinea pigs, and in actual fact, the one guinea pig kept trying to eat this plant outside his cage, through the cage, but he couldn't quite reach it. And so, the, you know, I, I, I picked up a sprig and I chucked it into the cage, and the next morning we, we went out and poor Sparky was dead. Um, and um, the, 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 the thing that struck me was that he didn't know what was good for him. He has become so domesticated. The species has become so domesticated that uh, he didn't know what was good for him and he just eat, eat anything. And it, it, it felt um, to me then and, and still now that that's kind of how we have become as human beings. We've just completely forgotten what's good for us. We used to know, we used to spend time in nature and the ocean, um, you know, outdoors, um, we never had that mobile phone technology, which has just completely sucked us in and turned many of us into, I mean, I spend far too much time uh, on my mobile phone. As a, you know, I'm not pointing fingers at all. I'm just saying that we've, we've become so, um, we, we know what's good for us, yeah. but we've, we've conveniently forgotten because it's not convenient sometimes to, you know, go for a run in the rain or, 
um, you know, we've um, uh, and and also to spend less time on on one's devices or not to even have a, a one of these these fancy devices. Um, and um, and also, you know, we've disregarded organic food. We eat processed food. We eat food that's you know that can last a long time, that stays in packets on the shelf, um, that have all sorts of chemicals. And we're not fussy about pesticides and what goes, you know. So we, we've really got to go back to basics. And if you look at longevity and you look at disease, we are we are the most diseased we've ever been. You know, as a, as a as a population, we are the most diseased ever. And, the, and life expectancy is going down, not up. So, and it's not also, we have to remember that um, you cannot measure health by life expectancy, uh, by, by longevity either, because if you live 90 years in poor health, well, then, you know, what's the point of living? We've really got to get to the point where we, every day we enjoy because we are, um, we are in, in absolute optimal health. And then, you know, and then one day we die and we, and we, you know, and we, we're ready for it and we choose it, but not to, to be on gazillion pills and then extra pills to treat the side effects of those pills and uh, and just be, you know, um, the um, receiver of, of big pharma's drugs. Um, I want, fitting into that, and I think people often say, well, uh, what can I do? Where do I go? And uh, I I see the problems. I see what's happening. I'm not sure how to respond. Uh, little me, what do I do? Um, and you put something up on the website, which is this document, uh, which is S-O-U-R-C-E, again, on, on the website. T- tell us about what this is, because this is something people can take away and actually then use to, to better themselves. Yeah, in actual fact, um, Peter, this... This is a new document. It's not on the website yet, but it's it will go up soon. And this is um, a new World Council of Health initiative called Source, and it's particularly with regard to community preparedness and uh, and empowerment. Um, so um, you, you know, there's all sorts of. It's really. Um, I think many people feel there's something going on and, and things are sort of spiraling out of control one way or the other. So how do we ensure that our families are safe and, and that we, we're prepared for any all eventualities? Because it looks like there's you know, going to be power issues, there might be food shortages. Um, and uh, and so so this is it's really how you know how to thrive in a changing environment with with all of this change going on. Um, and uh, and it's got you know it, it looks at um, at sustenance. Uh, it it looks at um, you know having uh, having a sort of bag uh, ready, a go bag. Um, it looks at uh, energy um, uh, and the resources you need. It looks at medicine. Um, you know, or do you have the required medicines at home? That sort of thing. So so um, I would um, I would encourage people to who are um, who are interested in in becoming more prepared and more resilient um, that this is really something you can do we were actually uh, looking for source ambassadors so if you're somebody who who would like to be the representative in the community to hold uh, uh, key documents um, you know how to build a chicken coop how to grow your own vegetables is real practical advice um, to to kind of be a go-to when if a need arises um, then do contact us through the source website. Um, I'll just show you. We also have um, we have 
we're, we're encouraging people to print out hard copies. So this would be something for a source ambassador to hold. Oh. Basically hard copies of, it's basically a survival guide um, yeah. for communities uh, in case the internet goes down or the power's out or that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, it's not to, it's not to create fear. It's really to, to get people thinking and getting back to, to basics and thinking, well, what do we actually uh, need? Um, you know, and uh, it's quite an interesting exercise, if nothing else. Um, but, but also just in terms of practical things you can do, okay, for winter, um, I know COVID feels like a thing of the past. We don't feel it's a thing of the past. We feel winter, there's going to be potentially lots of illness. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, um, one thing that these uh, COVID injections have done is they, or, or haven't done is they haven't boosted people's immunity. In actual fact, they seem to uh, suppress people's immune systems. And so we would encourage people to really, um, this is a great moment to take control of your health, spend as much time in nature as you can, take immune-boosting supplements, uh, and eat healthy food or nice organic food, grow it yourself if you can, although, as we say, we're going into winter. But, um, but also, um, you can download this, um, this uh, leaflet. Uh, it has a little shopping list of uh, supplements you can get, medicines and supplements you can get from over-the-counter and from uh, pharmacies, really over-the-counter, most of it um, supermarkets. But stock up on those things because if, you know, electricity, goes, power goes out or whatever, and you can't get food, you can't get to the shops, make sure you have a supply of medicines that can help both you and your neighbours um, and to treat COVID because we do think that um, we will see a resurgence of COVID-type illness. Um, uh, uh, and, and the other thing is a lot because it's the same, it's the same um, uh, pathology the, uh, from, from COVID as what we're seeing from the COVID-19 injections, and I can explain that a bit more just now, um, if people are symptomatic from the COVID-19 injections, well, a simple, uh, the supplements we're suggesting for COVID itself should help people who are not feeling that great from the injections. So, so that is a very nice leaflet uh, to download. Stick, you can cut it out, stick on your on your fridge, or share with your neighbours, and um, that's a that's a useful thing. And then also for people who are suffering from um, from uh, adverse reactions or just not feeling that well, we have this leaflet, which is if you've not been feeling so well since your COVID vaccine, you're not alone. These are the list of symptoms. And these are the organizations that are run by vaccine injured people who, um, who can support you. Um, and so another leaflet that can be downloaded from the website and that might be useful for a neighbor. It might be useful in just um, helping people put two and two together. You know, you might have a neighbor who's not been feeling well. Um, you could pop this through the letterbox and the penny could drop. Ah, oh, perhaps this is from the vaccine and perhaps um, I could get some support. So there's that one. And then also as people are becoming aware, um, people who have taken the the vaccines and have, have now realized actually they're not going to take any more. And this is many, many people are, are coming to this conclusion that they're hearing the concerns of safety. They're hearing the concerns about the, the dubious or uh, concerning um, trials uh, from, from the pharmaceutical companies. And so um, it's also just to, to reassure them, you know, you, 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 there are things you can do. And um, we have a leaflet, another leaflet that says, are you worried about damage caused by 
COVID vaccine or spike protein, don't, don't worry, there are solutions. And this is absolutely true that for two years now, there are, have been doctors who have been looking at solutions and what can be used to help. And, uh, and so on the World Council of Health website, we have a document called a detox um, guide. And this is a document that's really been put together and contributed to by many, many different types of, uh, of healers. So we've had naturopaths coming forward saying these herbal medicines are really useful for, um, you know, detoxing metals and, and so on. So um, bearing in mind that the, the injections contain aluminium and other sorts of metals as well. So, um, so that's also just to help put people's minds at rest and feel reassured that there are things they can do from a personal health point of view to try and detox from this, uh, the spike protein and, and metals. So, um, and then also, and there's this leaflet, one more leaflet. This is really, it's the Better Way Charter. And um, you may recall we had the Better Way Conference in May, which was really very solutions focused. It was in Bath, uh, very solutions focused. You know, how can we reclaim science? How can we uh, ensure media uh, integrity and credibility? How do we uh, solve the or manage consequences of the health of the COVID-19 chapter? There were loads of things, you know, also mental health uh, has really has suffered um, hugely. So, uh, and what are the new approaches to health? But the outcome of that conference was really this document, Seven Principles of a Better Way, you know, because if we don't like something, we need to have a plan for what we do like. We need to start honing in on if we don't want to live with, um, you know, with injections every three months or three to six months and, and a cashless society and these microchips that they wish to, um, you know, this digital passport that they have in mind um, to, um, to uh, for health and remuneration and all that stuff. If we, if we don't want that, we have to think, well, what do we do? What do we want and who are we really as human beings and what, uh, what type of world do we want to live in if not this one? So, um, so the seven principles of a better way and they start with a, with a really simple principle um, of we act in honor and do no harm. Mm. Uh, you know, this comes from its real ancient, its natural law. It's the basis of everything. If everybody just acts in honor and does no harm uh, in an individual level without looking at anybody else or what anyone else is doing, or, you know, um, then we 90% there to, to perfect harmony and beautiful, a beautiful world, you know. Um, the second is recognizing that we are free beings with free will. And I think we've forgotten that. We're actually free. We're born free and we're born, you know, happy and, and loving. Um, but we've, we've sort of given that freedom away and allowed others to make decisions for us. Uh, in actual fact, you know, we, we take responsibility for that too. If we let them make the decisions for us, well, that's our choice. But we don't have to. We can make our own. We actually... Are fully entitled to make our own decisions. So um, the third one is we're part of nature. And so remembering that we actually, you know, we're from nature, we're part of nature, and the planet needs to be well. And we, you know, if the planet's well, we're well. So the two things are connected. Um, spirituality is integral to our well-being. You know, people will say, well, I'm not spiritual, I don't believe in anything. We just we're born, we die, we consume on the way. Um, in actual fact, if you've ever wished to be loved, then you're a spiritual person and a spiritual being. We all wish for love, and love is a very spiritual um, need. And uh, and so 
you know, uh, whether you go to church, whether that's your thing, or you, or you, you know, go to the mosque, or 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 you you meditate, or whatever it is, um, or you just um, really love the person you're with, and you feel wonderful when you're with them. That is spiritual, uh, and it's the need we all have. And um, and and we actually, uh, if we can take that a little bit further, we all thrive when we have higher purpose and we live in a very conscious way and appreciate and feel gratitude for for every moment that we that we we are here um so um the other thing is of course we thrive together we actually don't thrive in little boxes or nursing homes in a room somewhere or you know we actually thrive together um in, in um and we, we need that connection with people and we actually value our differences and we're taught you know the media uh, obviously uh, the corporate media pushes our differences all the time uh, you know this gender is different from that gender this race this religion um you know this divisiveness is used against us so you know to to remember who we are we need to remember that really it's together we thrive and um and uh, and then we value different perspectives uh, you know we've never you know this is if you go to a pub, we've always had good good arguments, discussions, you all go home, friends, or, or anywhere. We, we really like to thrash things out and have a good conversation. And what's happened in the last couple of years, no one's been able to have these conversations. It's like either you're there or there, there's this polarizing, and, uh, and that's not who we are as human beings. Human beings like to chat about things, discuss things, and then at the end say, well, you hold a different perspective to me, but you're still my brother and I love you, you know. Um, so, and then finally, we use technology with discernment. So we recognize that technology is important, it's wonderful. Um, you know, it's, it certainly has uh, benefits for both um, us, other creatures on the planet and, and the earth itself, but it needs to be used with discernment. It can't just be used willy-nilly. Um, for example, like these satellites that are being chucked up into the sky uh, by the thousands without um, permission or consideration of what the impact might be on our health or on the health of the planet. So. There's, a, there's a lot. I want to just um, let people know on the website that uh, people can go and all these drop down, so all the resources are there. Um, you can also go to conferences um, and go to previous conferences. You can watch everything. Um, and I think on one of the, the resources is, uh, as Tess mentioned, um, this is only a, a, a 21 page. It's a small PDF document. Um, and I think it's it's well worthwhile, the viewers, the listeners, downloading that. We'll put a link in the description directly to it. Um, download it. And 21 pages. We often get huge documents of these things. But actually, that's something which is simple for you to grasp, understand. Um, and I think it's it's vital when... You know, Tess, whenever you're having a conversation, discussion with someone, it's important to have the information. And I think something like that can give people the information. Yes, absolutely. And also, if you go to the Get Involved section of the website, there's a whole lot of resources you can download, leaflets, you know, that, that um, really, if you could help us to distribute in your neighborhood, because I just wanted to say we are crowdfunded. Um, the funds that we receive through um, World Council for Health support EBMC Squared um, to its team to keep doing the, the work that we are doing in producing these materials. Um, and, um, uh, and also um, the other thing is on the, on the newsroom, 
Um, we would love it if people would actually watch our live stream meetings every Monday. We have the most interesting speakers covering a range of topics um, from, you know, last aid, which is a beautiful way of, um, of uh, thinking about death or transitioning from this world just to wherever else we might go. But, um, you know, supporting people in that, there's been a focus on, on first aid, but nothing on last aid. So, so there's that. There's, um, there's uh, some uh, uh, inspiring talks for people with new visions for how um, health systems can look, um, activities that promote health, as well as um, experts who, pathologists who have been looking at um, uh, 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 you know, tissues related to the COVID stuff. So, um, so there's some COVID stuff, there's uh, lots of interesting information from, from um, also activist groups who are um, actively engaging in um, health advocacy and, and how to also um, combat this, um, this sort of one health global agenda, um, or a one, one, a one world government sort of thing as well. So lots of different perspectives. We don't necessarily, um, it's not as if we, the perspectives of our speakers are perspectives of, um, of World Council for Health, but they, um, you know, it's really interesting. We should be able to listen to these different perspectives and um, decide what feels true to us. Oh, absolutely, and so people can go there and click that donate button. Um, you can you can give to World Council for Health, um, and also the resources are all there available. So do make use of that. And I believe your um, your videos go out what Mondays seven o'clock is it? Yeah, so Mondays okay. it's a live it's a live meeting. So if you attend in the newsroom, you can ask questions of the speakers. Obviously, there's a limit to how many questions because we have we have usually have three speakers. They speak for fifteen minutes each. Um, often there's a partner introduction as well. So one of the coalition partners would explain what they're doing in their country and, uh, and what the issues are. Um, this week we had the partner, um, uh, it, it was actually a campaign called Where's My Period? A very interesting campaign presented by a lawyer called um, uh, Diane um, uh, Patak, I think. Um, and, um, and she uh, was speaking about this campaign where they've got all these testimonials from so many women saying that their periods have changed after having the COVID-19 vaccine and the, the, basically a court case that they're, that they're having about this. So that was really interesting. Um, and, um, yeah, so, so um, a variety of, of topics uh, will be covered. I, I think this week we actually have uh, Ian Jarvis, who's a UK expert on 5G. So that will be very interesting. Um, and... Um, and so, yeah, so it's a range of topics and you're welcome to, to attend. You just go onto the World Council of Health website. It's in the newsroom at seven o'clock and it's usually lasts two hours, but you know, you're welcome to dip in and dip out. So that being get that on the website and also I think uh, World Council of Health also put them all out on Getter as well. So there are so many ways you can get it, but whatever your usual, normal, preferred platform is, uh, then make use of it and again, all the links will be in the description. So they um, just to finish here, the 15th of October, um, and people can sign up, can be a part of that, and it's a, it's a whole day thing in, in central London. So just finish again with that test, please, to remind people. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, we would love to see you there. You know, there's been many doctors who've been... Um, 
who've been uh, raising awareness and also there's new doctors who are just coming forward to say, oh, I've just found all of this happening in my practice and I can see that, uh, that um, you know, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a better way needed or we need to start discussing these things. So also on the back of that press conference with Dr. Seema Hotra, it's really great if people could come together. Just a word on the, on the cost. It's not a money-making thing, just to make, let people know it's a full-day program. We don't take sponsors from pharmaceutical companies, so we appreciate the small uh, investment in the ticket price, uh, if you don't mind. Um, we, you know, um, and, uh, and also the other thing is all the, the, the booths that we have at the, at the, um, at the conference um, are, are non-profit groups, so we are, we are not... Um, uh, to in the main part taking uh you know getting huge sponsorship for this at all so you know we really do appreciate you um affording the ticket price to come and and support uh support us but also um you know really uh learn and and collaborate and contribute to the discussions well i second that because often the things we discuss here at hearts of oak and what you're doing there is not something which big tech or big pharma or mainstream media want to get out so if you the viewer if you the listener want to be part of that then that does mean uh putting some of your money down so you can support the work that's been done. So if you get something for free, you need to scratch your head and wonder because nothing is for free. Um, and that is a way you, as the viewer, as the listener, as supporter, can partner uh, with World Council for Health. Um, Tess, thank you so much for your time. It's wonderful to have you on. And I really love what's happening with World Council of Health. So thank you for coming along, sharing what you're doing and talking about the upcoming conference. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for the opportunity. Not all. And let me just finish off with our viewers and listeners. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. All the links to what Tess discussed will be in the descriptions, whether it's the conference, whether it's the resources, um, everything we'll put in there. So you don't even have to look. You can just click and it will take you straight to the World Council of Health website. Um, do share the video. Do pass it on. Thank you for your support and look forward to seeing you for the next interview, uh, which will be with you in a few days. So thank you so much for watching and goodbye. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list, donate, share and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.